My name's Katie. I'm Sam. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Two Ghouls Podcast. There is no way that I'm that drunk. That I'm so scared. Like, and I'm really high. That's bullshit. <laughs> oh, just stop moving the fucking flashlight! <laughs> and die. That's how you would die. That's the worst ways, though. But they only want to shove you if you give them permission. And his rib cage was protruding from his skin. Oh my god. I'm like, hey, bring it in, brother. <laughs> that little sucker sunk his fangs right into my hand here. Like, meow, meow, but. We're going to take a second to talk about today's sponsor, The Lesson Foundry. The Lesson Foundry is a 100% remote music lesson site. They have passionate and incredibly skilled teachers that provide classes for singing, flute, guitar, just to name a few. With all lessons being totally remote, this resource gives you the opportunity to maximize the time you have with your teachers during each lesson and less time commuting to your appointments. The Lesson Foundry is extremely easy to use and laid out in a very user-friendly format. You can see details about each and every teacher, including how many years of experience they have, degrees that they have in the field, and other related achievements. All lessons can be catered for you to learn exactly what you want and how you want to. Most half-hour sessions cost between $35 to $40 per week and signups are for one month. However, you can cancel it at any time. This is a perfect gift for yourself or for the music lover in your life. The Lesson Foundry has been kind enough to provide our listeners with an exclusive promo code for $25 off of your purchase of any lessons by using code 2GHOULS, 2GHOULS. Call 410-404-8226 to speak with a representative about the Lesson Foundry or click the link in the description below. Thank you, Lesson Foundry. It's not muted anymore. Welcome to Two Ghouls Podcast. Hello, hello. Yes, my name is Katie. It's good to meet you if you're new here. If you're not new here, hey, bitch, what's going on? You know, because we're cool like that now. That's just how it rolls. Hello to everyone on TikTok. I'm probably going to get kicked off here soon. So if you're interested in following the stream, feel free to hop over to our YouTube, Two Ghouls Podcast, 2-G-H-O-U-L-S, Two Ghouls. That's us. This is Joey. Sam is sick tonight, guys. So um, pour one out for her tonight if you're having a drinky drink. Joey's having a drinky drink. Can you show the chat what you're drinking tonight, including TikTok? Because I have a few people on there tonight. We're drinking a, what is this? Hard Mountain Dew. Show them over there on TikTok, too. What? Oh. Hard Mountain Dew. The, what flavor? Just regular? Uh, it looks like a normal can, but this is the 24-ounce can. The big tall boy from the gas station. You have very long hair. I'm just now noticing, really. It's fierce tonight. Joey's going to be like half in, half out. Sorry. Kind of froish. Can't really see Joey tonight, but oh, you're the you're the show the star of the show here. Hi Melissa. Hi guys. So glad you guys I'm are in the chat. I'm just a circus monkey. We have a few people here in the chat tonight. I'm excited. I'm glad to see you. Yes, we always have to capture the cracking open of the drinks. Uh, again, if you are new here, hello. My name is Katie. Welcome to the Two Ghouls Podcast. I'm going to tell you a little bit about tonight's episode. But first, I wanted to let you know that our sponsor, The Lesson Foundry, which you heard earlier, your first lesson with them is free. And I wanted to remind you of that. So go check them out. Support them like they support this podcast. 
These are real people we're discussing today, so keep it respectful as oh, always. new subscriber on uh, YouTube. These are real people we're discussing, so keep it respectful. And also, leave us a review where you listen. That's the one thing I wanted to ask you guys tonight. Leave a review wherever you listen, whether that be Apple, Spotify. Obviously, I know you can't do anything on YouTube. But, um, yeah, um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all of that good stuff. TikTok as well. Oh, we also dropped our gaming channel. I'm going through the announcements like this is like the morning announcements. Hello. Welcome to your evening news, babes. I'm, 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 I'm your host. Your high school announcements. I'm your high school announcer tonight. Uh, we went oh, ahead and dropped our... Just subscribe. Odd oh, and untold. Odd and untold. Good. I told you. Awesome. I just saw you. Thank you subscriber. so much. I appreciate it. Uh, Shout out really to Odd it. and Untold. Yeah, they're another podcast. I haven't had the chance Shout to Shout out to, to Vicky. Shout out to Samantha. Shout out to Morgue Fairy. Melissa. Melissa. Everybody's in the chat. And last but certainly, certainly not least. least, is David. David. Hello, we David. Love David. I always sing to David whenever he pops on my live stream. And Leanne Helton. Hello, First David. time catching you live. Awesome. I'm so glad you're joining. We're so glad to have you. As always, anytime you guys pop in and say hello, wow. we're so excited. All right, so again, we dropped our gaming channel this past, um, this past, this past a uh, couple weeks ago, I think. Uh, you can find us at Two Ghouls Gaming on YouTube. Right now, all of our streams are technically on the podcast account, so watch our streams on Two Ghouls Podcast. But go ahead and go ahead, go ahead and subscribe to Two Ghouls Gaming because I will be uploading all of our streams there. We have played Sims on there. We have played Outlast. We have played Outlast Two. Uh, we're right now. We're playing. What's the name of that game, Sam? Nintendo Sports? <laughs> no, we have been playing Nintendo Sports recently, but not on I'm not on that on my TikTok. Uh, but I don't know. We started a new game right now, which is actually uploaded to the uh, to the Two Ghouls Gaming right now. So if you guys are wanting to watch our newer streams, go ahead and hop over there. If you want to watch our older streams, go to Two Ghouls Podcast. Um, all right, going ahead and jumping into the trigger warnings. Trigger warnings: of descriptive, supposedly true stories centering around gory real life topics. Paranormal encounters, if that would be triggering for you, and or anything surrounding extremely descriptive true narratives involving terror, murders, sexual interaction, health, anything violent or potentially cruel in nature, we suggest that you just get out this if it's potentially triggering for you. We just suggest that this podcast is not for you and you have been warned. So, you know, you know about narcissists. Yeah, no, I know a Please couple. Stop playing with scissors. Please, for the love of God, before you literally stop <laughs> I know, yourself I know and a few. to go to the hospital in the middle of an episode. Please give me the scissors. Hand them over. Hand them over, or else I'm going to pinch you. I need something. I'm going to bite you with the scissors. I okay. don't have anything Take good over there. Take a paintbrush. That's not good. Play with your. It's got to be. It's got to be something sharp so, we, so you can feel the. Here, he has to fiddle with something. That's, well, don't sharp, play with the scissors. Sharp is the oh best because you can feel Joey, every bump across your fingerprint. Disgusting. Nobody else needs to know. It feels that you're delicious. A sociopath like I do. No, 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 no. Keep it in. Keep it in. All right, I've been downgraded to him. Camel boy. Sunny told me it's a camel. I said, what's that? She said, a camel. And then she pointed to her cow and she said, cow. I was like, you know the difference. Wow. Look, I got a thigh gap. All right, let me get to that. Let me get to what I was asking you. You know a lot about he narcissists. Need, he needs a fidget toy. I know. He needs the, one of those little fidget spinners. Yeah, but I like something with the sharp edge. Not because I'm trying to, you know, do any damage. No, never. But 
it just it feels good like every ridge in your finger when you slide it across you can just feel like boom boom yeah not relatable boom. unless you relate to joey and you're a psycho that's cool i feel like it's not psychotic if i was cutting yeah i mean if i was drawing blood yes it'd be psychotic narcissists please continue tests. with your narcissistic <laughs> do you know a narcissist yes or no yes we know many oh yeah several uh -huh. oh yeah and i'm sure you as the listener you were probably in contact with some narcissists maybe in your family maybe maybe at work maybe hi bill yeah Everyone, um, everyone knows a narcissist. Everyone knows a narcissist. Shout out when to we, Big Bird. Season, so, stop. <laughs> right now. Just, Cease. <laughs> no, we don't even talk about it. Uh-uh. Nope. Oh, it's just Sesame Street. See, everyone's going to nah, say that No, it's whipped. just Sesame Street. It's nothing. Yeah, just Sesame Street. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. No, I know I'm some narcissists. Yes. Uh, yeah, we certainly do. Uh, what is a narcissist? Okay, we're going to read into a Google search, so take this with a grain of salt, but I am going to be reading it from some reputable sources, such as, let's see here. Oops. Narcissistic personality disorder <laughs> is a mental health condition in which people have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance. They need and seek too much attention and want people to admire them. People with the disorder may lack the ability to understand or care for the feelings of others. A disorder in which a person, ha person has an inflated sense of self-importance, narcissistic personality disorder is found more commonly in men. The cause is unknown, but likely involves a combination of genetic and environmental factors. Symptoms include an excessive need for admiration, disregard for others' feelings, an inability to handle any criticism, and a sense of entitlement. This disorder needs to be diagnosed by a professional. Treatment involves talk therapy. So there you go. There's a little bit of an understanding of what we're working with. Here. And that was the definition. That was the definition was... of how, how, what a narcissist is. Now, someone might ask, how do you spot a narcissist? Maybe I have one in my life. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Okay, well, I found a Reddit post that might let you know how you could spot a narcissist. <laughs> Sam said, please stop. <laughs> Believe me, I don't want to stop, Joey, but um, we need to. All right, what are red flags to spot a narcissist? The comments, which I'm just going to read through for you guys. One thing what, I noticed. Oh, so what about evil? What about evil? What about evil? Talking about narcissism. Evil. Do you remember that quote from SpongeBob? Hey. All right, what were you saying? Uh, uh, she said, what about evil? Yeah, what in what context? I'm, I suppose about uh, narcissism. Yeah? Sometimes, not always. Not always. And I'm not going to say anything David because said, I know this will go into oh, kind David, of debate. He just brought up one of the controversial statements of a psychology class. I am a narcissist. Because I think it's a natural supposedly that is an oxymoron words. because a narcissist will never say that they're a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even when I mean, diagnosed, it's you kinda, don't think they would say it? No, he said kidding. Oh yeah, no, I get you kidding. No, it's just funny because uh, no, that's a sentence. It's yeah, it's kind of like never say never. Like a narcissist will never say they're a narcissist, 
so some people are like oh yeah that's totally me i'm a narcissist like no if you're saying that then you're that's yeah, it, it's it's like a joke in the there's so like I, an inability to to accept no, it, it's yeah it's like a joke admit. it's like a joke in yeah. the psychology you know oh, community know. one thing i noticed and this is a, this is a right way to spot okay so red flags one thing i noticed a pattern of is they will praise you and put you on a pedestal in the beginning who does that remind you of i think this well, is a way of making their opinion important <laughs> to you you know what i'm not talking about it anymore huh i'm not talking about that anymore i'm fucking done not, oh not no yet. i wasn't not bringing yet. that i was about to say i'm not bringing no, anything I, oh no no, no. i get no that's situation. yeah i think this is a way of making their opinion important to you so when when they criticize you when they criticize you okay it's way more hurtful and damaging that was written by spinning wheel turns on subreddit i forgot to say it was written originally the question was written by spam landfill in ask reddit what are red flags to spot a narcissist okay here are some other ones i'm trying not to interrupt because i know you haven't no, even go ahead, started go say what you want to say i'm curious that's what no that's that's the most um well last study i know of i should say that's the most common reasoning for staying in a physically abusive relationship is because the woman is or man or you know anything is like oh well you know so-and-so takes care of me it's like take care of you because they've done damage to you and that's like the narcissist like you know they build you up and inflate you and you know yeah and so like anything after that they're just making up for the fact that they hurt yeah so then when they hurt you it's so bad that you come running to them all your problems center around them yes but yeah so like that's a great way to point out a narcissist so then like when you are super hurt because of what mr narcissist says you run to mr narcissist to get you know healing or comfort from him not realizing that he is the one doing it to you you start to believe that everything they say is gospel but yeah sorry to interrupt before you no, even got started please. but it just made Someone me think said, of that study uh roast rostami n uh r-o-s-t-a-m-e-n the longer you know a narcissist the shorter you... the list gets i used to be able to get down to... uh yes susan I used to be able to get down to my mother saying that I deserved it, but over time you realize that it's pointless to argue. At the moment, 90% of what I do apparently doesn't happen and I'm just dreaming it all up, but life's too short to worry about what others think. Narcissists can believe what they want and, like you said, it all comes down to you deserving it if they're wrong, which automatically justifies their actions and makes them right. There's no winning. In fact, just by taking part in their mind games, you have already lost. Even if you make it to convincing them that it happened, it was bad, it was a big deal, it was their fault, and that they meant it, you're still to blame, thereby making them right and you wrong yet again. That's the best you can aim for when you argue with them. You waste your time playing their stupid games for an even stupider prize when the best thing is, the less you lower contact with them um, or just lose it all together, the better. 
On the other hand, if you're willing to go out of your way to try and convince someone that black is white, feel free to convince a narcissist that you didn't deserve whatever it is that they did to you. In fact, they probably have better luck with the color thing because despite only ever knowing something to be one way, opinions can change given enough logic and reasoning, whereas for narcissists, the only thing that matters to them is being right, regardless of how stupid the thing is that they believe in. My point is that it's easier to convince someone something uh, as stupid as black being white than it would be to convince a narcissist that white is white. Although the colors are, of course, metaphors. That's funny because when I talk about it, I'm sure you hear heard me say it. I'm like, oh, no. Like, that's like trying to tell somebody the sky isn't blue. Like, it's just not going to register. Like, no. it's just not going to make soon sense. As soon as you are like, and it's oh, funny I'm that they brought up a black and white or comparison. Along with their little game that they play. You've lost. Well, the problem, yeah. You yeah. shouldn't even entertain it because at that point, yes. you're entering into the cycle of narcissistic yes. harassment and abuse. Absolutely. All right. So stories and experiences now I will read to you. Um, I hope that that explained things a little bit in case you're not in, or not, not necessarily not interested, but don't know anything about narcissists, which babe, I doubt, I doubt that you don't know anything because a lot of people do. A lot of people do know narcissists. What, oh, everybody does. Cause does. it's, uh, what is it like one in four? Mm -mm, it's much lower than that. I think it's, Stop. don't play with the scissors. Um, how many times gosh. have I gotten these from him now? I'm trying to think. I forget the number and I'm blanking. Mm, I think it's like it's smaller than one out of four, isn't it? No, no. It's like it's one out of twelve or something. Wow. It's about like no, one out of twelve, I don't think is enough. I, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn if I'm not cited. So okay, that's fair. I know yeah. Roughly ten percent, I think. You want to go check on Sunny while I read these next few yes. stories? Okay, that would be great. Siblings of narcissists, uh, psychopaths or sociopaths, what's your experience? And I also want to say something. I am not grouping these people together. This group, this this post is. Uh, so, I, you know, because I obviously can't say that they're all three the same thing. But there are similarities. When I was 10, this was written by for external use only. When I was 10, my mom put a lock on my door because my brother started threatening to kill me and my mom in the night. When I was 14, he fixated on my mom and threatened to burn down the house, shoot my whole family, and steal all the valuables and drive away. That same year, he was 17, he took our car and ran away from home for two weeks. We ended up calling the police on him. When he came home, the police decided that it would be best if he lived somewhere else, and so he did. As we were cleaning out his room, we found hundreds of knives, a handgun, lighter fluid, gasoline, and lighters. That is so disturbing. Okay, the next one was written by Retchko. I was playing with a suitcase while watching TV. I was small enough to fit myself in it. My brother, nearly four and a half years older than me, saw what I was doing and asked me to zip me up in it. After already having learned to never trust him, I asked my mom to watch us to make sure he didn't do anything stupid. He zipped me up inside the suitcase and started carrying it in a shuffle step. Thump, thump, thump. I heard the sliding door to the enclosed patio open. Mom started screaming, and I could hear her slapping my brother repeatedly. 
The suitcase fell over onto its side with me still in it. I managed to pry open the zippers from the inside and got myself out of the suitcase as quickly as possible. Mom was still slapping my brother, screaming, why? I was two feet away from being dumped inside a suitcase into the family hot tub. He laughed and said that I would have floated. What's the big deal? So, yeah, that's what it was like growing up with a sociopath. My daughter was hit by a drunk driver when she was 12 and nearly died. She was in a coma for two weeks and I was there all day, every day, except to go home to shower and change. My sister decided that when I was at the hospital was the perfect time for her and her druggy girlfriend to jimmy the sliding door off the track, break in and steal everything she could find. Jewelry, my camera, and yes, my daughter's piggy bank. That bitch stole the piggy bank from a comatose kid. Let's see. I'm going to screen one here because this one does look interesting and I did not read it yet. Let's see here. Hmm. My sister has never been diagnosed with narcissism or a personality disorder other than OCD. But when we were younger, she often enjoyed telling people before I met them that I had a difficult relationship with the truth. Okay, so we're already seeing we're already seeing that this person is trying to change the reality of everyone's thoughts before they even meet this person. Okay, so they're already trying to manipulate the situation. So listen to this. And who does it make you think of? But don't say it. My sister has never been diagnosed with narcissism or a personality disorder other than OCD. But when we were younger, she often enjoyed telling people before I met them that I had a difficult relationship with the truth. So that they wouldn't want to be around me. I had the reputation of a liar and no friends for most of my preteen years. And she was popular in our homeschool group until she left and got into high school. After she left, I still didn't have friends, but neither did she. And she blamed me for it during her frequent temper tantrums. She would throw things, scream, cry, and threaten me with kitchen knives on a pretty regular basis. All of a sudden, the year that I turned 17, she turned 21, the tantrum stopped and she got engaged. He moved in with us. The tantrum started again. And for once, I wasn't the target. The worst fight. Oh, my God. The worst fight they happened was when she caught him looking at a photo of a bikini model, which she considered cheating. She hit him full force with an open palm. And when our mom saw, she threatened to kick him out if she hit him again. They got married moved out, and divorced within a year of him enlisting in the army. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. What were you going to say? Uh, oh, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just clicking on comments. Oh, I see you guys talking in the chat. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's hitting home tonight, guys. Am I right? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's see. Someone else said, this is by Bustamove13. Oh, shoot. Can you find the charger for me? I think it's actually on the other side. This was written by Bustamove13. My sister, too. And now she was replying to the comment that we just read. She acts like I don't deserve the life I built and that I owe her something. She's the oldest of five and I'm the youngest. And she thinks we all owe her. 
She's pretty much been drunk her whole adult life, been married five times, lives off the system, and can't figure out why she doesn't have a pot to piss in. To her, job is a dirty word, but I blame our mom. She treated her like the queen bee who could do no wrong, and she lapped it up. No joke, there was a chair at the funeral home that resembled a throne, and she had it placed front and center and sat during mom's service. While wearing a flannel uh, black and white striped suit that looked like pajamas. Every time she walked past me, I mumbled Beetlejuice just loud enough for her to hear. Yeah, it was a bitchy thing to do, but I don't give a fuck anymore. The charger? Um, I don't either. What the hell? I had it earlier. Is it not next to you? Sorry, guys. This is just a part of having a live stream podcast. Well, I was using it today and I forget where I was. Oh, thank you. Sam said my reading voice is comforting. I think it's actually somewhere on that side, Joey. Thanks, guys. I'm going to read the chat now going through. Was feeding the babies. Jesus, I know someone like that. Dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. I'm finally realizing my late sister was a narcissist. This is from David. She wasn't the type like people imagine, but every single thing revolved around her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's see. Oh, my God. Sounds just like my sister. Sam said. Yeah. I think it's actually plugged in, too. No, it's not. Here, let me hand you this to the extension cord. Thank you, Joey, my tech guy. Here you go. Oh, no, the phone's about to fall over. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. Technical difficulties. I know I should have been able to uh, plug in my computer before I even started the live stream, but I did not. So I apologize. That's me being a messy bitch. That's me being a messy bitch. So going back to more of the stories and y'all aren't what? Did you put a colored pencil in front of No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I did anyway. Joey, Joey was offended because he thought I put a, a I thought you were like offended by me putting a pencil in front of you instead of a pair of scissors. My bad. Moving on to. Ain't nothing gonna break my stride. No funny gonna You can read the version I'll of my there. never to be finished memoir. Aw. David, you're so sweet. <laughs> you guys are really nice. Sam's Where's David live? Cali? California. Are you a Cali baby, David? Are you living in California? California love. We're literally on the opposite side of the world. And we love him uh, so much. Not really. I mean, we're like. On the opposite side of the country. Yeah. Durr. Okay. Well, listen to this. So, and this was written by us, uh, STPSR in Ask Reddit. Siblings of sociopaths or narcissists. When did you realize your sibling wasn't normal? Aw. David's so sweet. I'm sorry. I keep reading the chat without finishing my stories. One day, we're going to meet with David. Oh, hell yeah. Total, total. Bay Area. So I assume he's ganja friendly. In other words, we need a Tugel smoke sesh. That sounds good. All right. This one came first from Not Another Whatever. Little sister was five or six, and I asked if she'd miss me while I was away at summer camp. She replied that she never missed people when they left. She only missed the things that they gave her. 20 years later, she hasn't changed much. Other people only exist when they have things she wants or can help her get what she wants. 
edit to add once at a funeral, she said she didn't understand why people went on and on after someone died. Didn't they get tired of acting like they were sad? I, I mean, I get that. Well, that's because you have. I mean, I. I <laughs> what do I have? I'm not going to say it on here because we don't actually know your actual diagnosis, but Doctor. there is speculation that you could be on the spectrum a little bit. I just, yes. I just don't get You're it. You're very smart and uh, you hyperfixate on things. I just don't get it. Like, and I feel and like, a, like, I no feel like a sociopath sometimes. for that. But I've seen your emotions. But I've You've been. cried many times in front of me. But well, like a only for you. And that's it. I know, but I think it's that's like, just because you're so li- cut off. Like from literally, everything. I've been to funerals with people super close to me. And I'm like, yeah, he's gone. Someone just hit the off switch. Like, who cares? I think that's literally because you're in survival mode. It's really. like no things for me are very like, black and white. It's like you shit. have the lights on or you have them off, and it's like, oh yeah, well. I think that's the lights are off you've now. That's to it. Be cold, and you can't let emotions get in the way because if you did when you were younger, it would have fucking bitten you in the butt. <laughs> Samantha says the tism and the trauma. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I just, I, I, and I feel like a dog crap person for going to funerals and just being like, okay. I've seen you cry at a funeral, Joey. Yep. I sure no, have. You have not. Absolutely did. Yeah. Nope. You didn't cry tears but i saw you get i had a moment of silence i there was no, not even tears ready. joey okay moving on my husband is on the probably on the spectrum uh that's our new installment on this show we joke I, about it in the friend group sorry i don't know but like i know i get like no i get a moment of sadness but like i just i don't know i can see like when you hear about it or see it for the first time some mo- emotions for maybe a minute or two Joey, but, but that's from like the people, you would be but that's like the knee-jerk reaction emotion <laughs> time travel to egypt yeah what the fuck <laughs> sorry i have a theory about time travel and you're going to share that on a podcast about narcissists. No, because not all the physics work is done. But okay, I'm working Jesus on it. Jesus Christ. Gosh. you got to get in the shot. Babe. Gosh, the, the, the tism is showing tonight. But I like that about you. I think you're I mean, very just, smart. And I think that you are very sweet. And you actually do have a lot of emotions. You just don't know how yeah, to Yeah, but them. like. I have emotions like for just you. you have autism doesn't but mean like, that it's. But I have it like for you or for Sunny. For you and Sunny, it's like to an extreme level. It's like you're either way on. It's called having an immediate family. No, because it's like you're either normal. You're either like way on, or you're just like I don't care if you live or die. Like Like, literally, I've had people who I could you know work for. Like you do have some people get hyperfixated love for people. Yeah. Like some people like get upset about coworkers dying, but I, like I can work for with people for like years, and if they died, I'd just be like, I think that's because you don't. Allow well, I don't see them at work anymore. Like we lost friends recently, and you didn't care. And I find that very odd because who? 
I'm not going to sit here uh, on a no, podcast and tell you who. But Sorry, you know I forget who us I sometimes. Mean, anyone, anyone that we've lost in the last year. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Because we've that's definitely really had friends just be, you know, just dip out of our lives. and like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I find that to be kind of sad. And Katie will be like, wait, you don't, like, what do you. And And Katie like, will be like, wait, what do you think about so-and-so? I'm like, oh, I, I just haven't thought about it. I mean, if they're not in, then they're out. So who cares? Like, it's just things for me are very black and white and that's, and that's just okay. it, how it is i accept that about it. so going on back to some of these uh, and this one got an award it's a longer one so follow me on this i also have not read it i just skimmed it this is written by throwaway ad bike my oldest sister i'm the youngest of three girls and we grew up fairly poor so both parents were out of home a lot working to give us the basics because of this, my oldest sister looked after us. My earliest memories involved me running through the kitchen in a diaper, feeling so scared, trying to get away from her. Anything and everything set her off. If attention was not 100% on her, she would flip out, scratching, kicking, hair pulling. My parents were pretty oblivious to all of this. Or more, my dad was also unstable, uh, potentially had a mental disorder, uh, frequently went off meds, and my mom was too emotionally abused to do anything to even help. She had to have presents on everyone else's birthday, had to have the same presents as everyone else on Christmas or better ones. As I was four years younger, I was much smaller than her and easy to catch. From my toddler years to 16, I had crescent scars all over my arms and ankles because she would dig her nails into my skin drawing blood. The very first time it clicked in my head that no one would ever help and she could manipulate her way out of everything is when she mm. stabbed me in the shoulder with a pen. I was about eight years old. She had yanked out a chunk of my hair, so I told her to F off. The look on her face was horrifying because she looked so happy because my dad had been sleeping and woke up to me swearing, which was strictly not allowed. So instantly I got in trouble. She knew I was going to be in trouble, so she grabbed the pen off the table and stabbed me and then yanked it back out. I ran upstairs to get away from my dad, which was a whole different scary experience, and he wouldn't believe that she had hurt me. This is insane. I came downstairs a few hours later when he allowed it. With blood all over my shirt, my aunt was staying with us and saw it and pointed it out to my dad, and they still believed my sister hadn't done it. I gave up all hope for help after that. That is so devastating. That's the moment of knowing you're abandoned. Like no one would believe you. That's my biggest fear. Knowing something for a fact and no one believes you. Like that movie, Don't Look Up. Uh, you didn't watch no, that movie. It was it was a pretty okay movie. But the entire movie, like if you have a fear of people not believing you, then that movie would be like detrimental. Okay, like, then I probably shouldn't watch no, it. I like, have a lot of anxiety. That's what the entire death. movie is. Uh, well, yeah. Like, that's why quick, I have this podcast. Like, quick 20 <laughs> seconds. The entire movie is like a group of like five people trying to convince the world that there's a meteor coming that's going to yeah. kill them. I've seen it. And nobody will believe them. Yeah. Until the second they're like, oh, no, it's a meteor. Oh, they were Shame. right. Yeah. When it's too late to do anything. So yeah. they all died. Well, thanks for spoiling that. Spoiler alert. It's been out for a year, so. <laughs> Sorry. Right, <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I gave up all hope after that. 
That turned into eight years of her scarring any exposed skin, pulling out my hair, cornering me, and screaming about how disgusting I was, taking every moment to remind me I was fat. She has been uh, A and B most of her teens and adult life, throwing things at me, telling me men will only like me because they're chubby chasers, etc. I am more of an extrovert than most of my family, so I always had a lot of friends and boyfriends in elementary school than actual boyfriends in high school. When she went away to university, my mother thought it would be a great idea for me to visit her there. A whole weekend being alone in her dorm with her. She spent the first day reminding me how disgusting I was, then acted all nice until the evening. She wanted me to watch West Side Story, I think. It's the one with the opening scene of the two gangs finger snapping down the street. <laughs> me being 16 thought it was funny, so I laughed. Wrong move. She started screaming, threw out all the food, cornered me, and let me know that Oof. how no one in my life actually likes me, and they're all just putting up with me because they don't know any better. I'll only ever mm. be in abusive relationships. I don't deserve anything better than that. I'll always be fat and disgusting, etc., etc. Then she kicked me out and made our mother pick me up a day early. Wow. Mid-year, wow. she was home, and in a rare moment of civility, she wanted to talk. She asked me how you're supposed to feel sorry for other people, as in, how do you feel empathy? She couldn't figure it out when her professors talked about it. I carefully got out of that conversation. Later that day, she'd done her usual, you're fat and disgusting rant. I decided to turn my back on her and not engage. She picked up a textbook and hit me as hard as she could over the head with it. Mm. Yanked me by the back of the head and pushed me into the cupboards and to let me know you're not allowed to ignore me. Mm. I have not spoken to her since that day. I'm now 26 and she's 30. She's still living off my mother and has zero social skills. The last time I saw her, she had a drink. She had drank a bottle of wine on Christmas Eve 2011 and she had just laid on the living room floor for the day. I just spit all over the iPad. She's pulled a knife on our own on our sister. She's been evicted for trashing apartments that are in my mother's name. She had so many pets die, quote, unexplainably, end quote, expects to be showered with gifts and attention by everyone around her. She will get angry if family are paying more attention to children than they are to her. She still has to refer to our mother as mommy. And in that high pitched mommy voice, she can't hold any platonic relationship. She has never had never had romantic ones, and she still hates me viciously for being able to have relationships. I will not be surprised if she ends up killing someone. She is the spitting image of our father in personality who had the same traits. She lives in another province from me, is still in school, and my mother is smart enough to never let her know where I live. Those close to me know who and how she is and not to give her any information. Thanks for that. Didn't know I needed it. Edit. In reading all of your replies, I'm realizing that I've been downplaying all of these experiences in therapy. I've usually focused on the parental abuse side of it because it's more relevant day to day. Her behavior has just always been accepted by everyone in her family. So I've spent a lot of my life assuming I overreacted to how she treated me. Uh-huh. A lot of it is really fucked up, but I've just laughed it off for a long time. I remember the first time I told a boyfriend about how my father acted around me and he immediately freaked out. And I said, I saw that. And I saw that it is actually wrong and not just weird. 
I'm getting the same feeling here. I'm just going to start discussing this more in therapy. Thanks everyone for your kind words. This episode is a lot today. Woo! Lord have mercy. Wow, a lot of those hit close to home. Yeah. Uh, someone else asked, narcissism diagnosis. How do you get under it? Wait a minute, what? Can oh, you go check on Sunny Bunny? She is very upset tonight. Does not want to go to bed. So someone asked on Reddit. Ask Reddit, I'm sorry. It's loading. Written by Wise Procrastinator on Ask Reddit. Therapists of Reddit, therapists of Reddit, have you ever come across a narcissistic client who does not realize that they are a narcissist? Oh, I just realized I've been kicking you across the table. How did this affect your ability to treat them? How did they or did they not realize that they were a narcissist? Someone who since deleted their account said, oh, of course, people with uh, narcissistic personality disorder don't realize they have it and won't hear of it considering that they might have it. You just don't bother treating that aspect. If they aren't ready to deal with that, then you don't deal with it yet. Same as any other condition we see in therapy. What you do do is help them figure out how to interact with all the, quote, stupid people in their life. Use rational emotive behavior and dialectal behavior therapy when appropriate and basically do damage control. Eventually, they will realize that when everyone you meet is an asshole, you're probably the asshole applies to them, and they finally start talking about it. But with NPD, you cannot press a diagnosis on them, and you cannot do so too quickly. It's a very delicate, well, for a lack of a better word, game. Everything must be in balance and planned. Plus, NPD isn't something that you give medication for or can solve quickly. So it's not something that really needs to be diagnosed. It can be helpful to know when making a treatment plan or calculating how to interact with the client but it's not something you need to broadcast to the client. Okay. So I thought I would share that random tidbit from a licensed therapist, supposedly on Reddit. No, I figured this would be a fun little, I don't know what I want to call it. Tidbit. Okay. I know a lot of you guys have narcissists in your life. Okay. And a lot of people are thinking to themselves like it's impossible to get back at them because there is a game that they play. And the second you even play into the game, you have lost. Okay, I understand that. But there is a way that you can, quote, get back or kind of stand up for yourself, if that makes sense. And I wanted to read you some of the, the replies on this question on Ask Reddit written by Rocky Casino. How do you get under a narcissist's skin? False guest replied, gray rock technique. I don't know if it was specifically designed with just narcissistic people, but it works wonders on people with NPD or just narcissistic traits. If they say, I just want an award that's only given to a handful of people. I really don't work that hard for obviously fishing for a compliment, though. <laughs> you just say, that's cool. And nothing more. They'll try another line or two. So you may have to repeat the process. But that's it. Someone else said only a thumbs up emoticon or a K shatters them to pieces. Uh, let's see here. One word answers the polite smiley that was written by Happy Orca 2020. It gets them so riled up. A very similar technique is used when they request something of you. Just say, no, sorry, 
offer no explanation or excuse, do not elaborate. They will normally latch on to any argument or excuse and twist it by just saying no. It prevents them from getting a foothold to argue against. This is good information. Hope you guys are taking note because <laughs> this is good shit. Yes, this is written by M-O-H-O-M-A-H-A-M-O-H-O-D-A. Sorry, I always want to give them credit whenever credit is due. Yes, narcissists thrive on reaction. Any reaction will do. They'll figure out how to use it for their gain somehow. No reaction that's different. That's something they cannot use, and that's what really gets to them. Now, be ready for them to try and get a reaction out of you by any means necessary. Remain calm, and don't let them get to you, like we said earlier. I wish there was some kind of other way to deal with narcissists than to just cut them out of your life, but in all honesty, there doesn't seem to be one. The best thing for you is to get away and just leave them be. No need to explain anything to anyone. Just take care of yourself and leave them be. Okay, these next stories are going to come straight from Sam. She's posted one, two, three, four, five, six stories for us to read off of Reddit. Um, so I'm excited. I don't know any of these stories. They were all screened by Sam, so they're all obviously safe. But um, I'm, I'm excited. Hi. Are you back to listen? Is she okay? Okay. This first one was written by Acrobatic Brush 1640 in Narcissistic Abuse subreddit. Has anyone's narc ever purposefully sabotaged their personal belongings? I'm going crazy here. Narc woke up to pee. I acted like I was asleep. I wasn't. I had been staring up at the ceiling thinking about his betrayals. I heard him pee and a constant brushing back and forth. It didn't sound like his toothbrushing, but more of a vigorous scrub. When he came back, I kissed him. His mouth didn't smell nice. I have suspected for a long time that he's a pathological liar. So when he came back to bed, I said, did you brush your teeth? He replied, no. So because I heard the brushing, I went to the bathroom to investigate. His toothbrush was dry. Mine was completely wet like it had just been used. That's the last time I used it was right before I went to bed, probably eight plus hours ago. There's no way it could still be wet. It smelled horrible. I threw it away immediately. He's purposefully broken my lights that I used for work before. He's put the electronic light in a vase of water and left it on my desk like a flower, for example. He's had a tendency to not share when he's upset at me and act out sexually instead. Could this be that again? This is written in a subreddit for people that go through routine narcissistic abuse. So that's why there was a lot of like narc uh, because these people are exclusively connected to people that are narcissistic. So I just wanted to explain that real quick. I just lost my place. That was crazy. Bitch, I don't like I trust you so much that if I heard brushing, I probably wouldn't even go check it. So I can't imagine if you were like that and I didn't know. But there's never been a time that I've ever, like, questioned. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should. Number six. This was written by... Confident Show 2276 in Narcissistic Abuse. Refuses to delete our private videos. What to do? After pleading with him and begging him to delete these videos, he bluntly said, no. 
that he doesn't want to give the control to the other party. And he's pretty sure that I'd have, I'd have backups of it and that he has to protect himself. I'm sneaky and that I might use these against him one day. Besides one day, these videos will get deleted anyway. What are you so worried about? You know you can trust me. They will never get out. Any half-decent human would agree to deleting these shared intimate moments when asked. What he doesn't know is, I know his password, which means I have access to the files. Should I do it? If I do, I'll be branded as the worst person ever, and I'd be violating his privacy by doing that. He would also make my life a living hell once he finds out. I'm just scared. Wow, I don't even know. What would you do? Hmm. If we had intimate photos with each other and I straight up was like, no, because I'm scared you're going to use them against me one day. So I need to keep them. So that way I can protect myself. That way I can throw hmm. them back at your face. Would you, I feel like you I'm not, I feel like I'm files, not, would you delete them behind my back? I feel like I'm not a good person to ask okay. this because I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. You would be like, whatever to our sexual <laughs> photo, I guess. But that if you were someone that was more, you don't want that prude. stuff out there. Not prude. Don't say that. People that don't want to share their sexual interactions. Yeah. You know, I just, would you, I mean, then in that you know, situation, would you go behind my back? And I don't know. Them? Like if I had like this person who did this story, like I if I, if I you. took on their personality, like if I took on their mentality and situation, then their situation, obviously the choice is to delete it, but don't do so unless you have some type of muscle behind you. Okay. And when I say, or when I say that, I mean like, you know, somebody like that is probably prone to acting irrationally. Mm. So I know it's not fair, but have backup ready. I'm well. Okay. Started I to for started to forget this was a podcast. I'm gonna said some names yeah. <laughs> of a situation. Not what you're thinking about. Okay. Definitely not. No, okay. something completely different. Um, yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes from Narcissistic Parents, um, written by Accomplished Annette 4235. The title says, My mom thinks I'm an abuser. My parents are extremely emotionally immature. I've posted about them in this sub before. I endured significant educational neglect and other abusive behavior by them as a child. I came out about six years ago, and my mom wanted to cut me off for a while, and then refused to allow me to bring my partner to my family home. Four years ago, she told me she was worried I would abuse her when she thought I, when she was older. Eventually, I asked her what she meant by that, and she told me she thought that because I pushed her out of the way to go through a door once as a teen and got too many parking tickets. Today, it really hit me that my mom sees me as a monster. There's no definition of abuse that matches hers. She just really dislikes me. I've known she didn't really like me for a long time, but it just feels really heavy today that someone I used to love hates me so much that she looks at me and just sees someone who can't even be trusted not to hurt her. I didn't think anything, I did anything to deserve this. It's just a heavy thing to realize and carry. What? You thinking of someone? No, I'm thinking about a story. Can you tell it on the podcast? 
I don't want to say insensitive things on the podcast, okay. so you I'm not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this next one comes from Narcissistic Parents as well, written by Band Account. Narcissistic mom realized she has a narcissistic mom, but lacks self-reflection to realize that she is a narcissistic mom, getting frustrated dealing with her. Narcissistic mom had an ugly falling out and went with... Uh, uh, went to NC with her to North Carolina with her mom. That's what they're saying. I guess I got caught in the middle of it for a while, but fortunately did not have to deal with it for too long because I sort of know better, know how to deal with and spot manipulative tactics. However, I'm getting frustrated because now it feels like I have to deal with one, a pissed off teenager and two, the actual her that still fails to realize she abused me the very same way her mother abused <laughs> her. Hmm. My relationship with my mom was never great, but things were never the same ever since last December when I found out she and her mom have been telling relatives and friends that I'm married because I moved in with my significant other. Details here on a previous uh, post when I was trying to figure this bullshit out. I've limited contact with her and have only seen her once ever since, but she's actively trying to get in touch to either rant about her narcissistic mom or do her own narcissistic mom routine shit. I hate that it puts me in a place that I'm witnessing her open her eyes to the abuse she endured, but she still maintains the delusion that she's been a good mom to me. It's put me in a position that I've almost wanted to cut her some slack because completely because now I saw her as a victim just like me, except I made the active choice to go to therapy and not have kids until I resolved multiple issues I developed from the abuse. But whenever I interact with her, there's this nagging feeling I have that just makes me want to run the other way because I feel the change she's trying to make is just a little too late already. I'm in a limbo. I acknowledge it. And I've reached a point I'm trying to figure out if this is even worth seeing through or not. I can't tell what my gut feeling is about this anymore. Things have become, become even more nuanced and complicated for me now. I just know I get increasingly frustrated even if she's reflecting on what happened because I've told her this is something you process with your friends, not your fucking daughter. The end. Hmm. Damn. Hmm. Let's see. Interesting. This next one comes from Lost Arhor. A-U-R-H-O-R. I'm realizing more and more how my dad was messed up. So my dad is a narcissist who I disowned earlier this year. His motto was, this is my house and I'll do whatever I want when I want, <laughs> which is definitely what the hell he did. My enabler stepmom wouldn't do anything about it nine times out of ten. The one thing that I've come to realize that I'm pretty sure no one else's parents did was walk around the house in his underwear. This has deeply disturbed wow, this me. Is... Luckily, crazily accurate. <laughs> he never had a, like a, an erection, thank goodness. If and so, when he was in his underwear, he'd come out of the shower walking around doing whatever. He'd wake up in the morning making his coffee and come to the living room <laughs> sitting on the couch with only his underwear on. Please tell me I'm not the only one who's had to deal with this. That was my entire childhood. My dad did that, but he's not abusive. Oh, or narcissistic. My dad did, and he was abusive. Plot twist. 
<laughs> Damn. Yeah, my dad's great. I but I definitely swim in his underwear yeah, growing yeah, up. Your dad is a cool dude. My dad's fine. But that Many okay, times. like it could be a potential trait, you know? Not my dad. I'm just saying, like, if someone's oh, no, 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 your dad's, no, my dad's no, your dad's a cool dude. Expensive giraffe on NPD, which is narcissistic personality disorder subreddit. Painful boredom. How do you handle it? I've always been someone who seeks out toxic situations or high stakes situations whenever I get bored. I've tried to compile lists of non-dangerous things to do in response, but nothing helps. When it comes to in-real-life situations, I want to find anything dangerous because it makes for a good story, and nothing makes me happier than hearing how strange my life is, because then it feels like it's all worth something. When I'm bored, bored feels like the tiniest word possible to describe it. I've described it to people as feeling like my veins want to be ripped out of my skin and my blood is on fire. I've turned to drugs, gambling, putting myself deliberately in unsafe situations since I'm a smaller woman and want the adrenaline rush of walking at night, etc. And I've gotten seriously hurt in the past and lost a lot of money. Lately, I've been taking a lately I've been taking a good amount of sleeping pills whenever it comes at night because sometimes being asleep snaps my brain out of it. But I know that's not healthy either. And exercise helps too. But I'm disabled and suffer from severe exercise intolerance. <laughs> People-wise, though, the fastest way to get rid of the bored feeling is by influencing someone else's life or inserting myself into theirs just to cause shit. I don't feel bad about it, but I believe really heavily in karma, and I'm scared it'll come back around to bite me. How do you guys get rid of it or address this agitation? It's so fucking painful, and I have no clue where to even start. But when it happens... My entire brain blanks out. Well. What? You have to find something to hyper fixate on. I mean, if, is, is that not a normal I thing? Agree. I think I think that goes for anybody. anybody uh, no, I get that. And even the average man. You have to find your Which is, inner circle, not only your inner circle, but your hobbies, things that you want to invest your time in. You know, that you have to do things that are good for your health. Like, you have to prioritize things in your life actively. Otherwise, you're just... See, but for me, it's like inner circle for me doesn't register. Like, doing something for your health? No. It's like whatever keeps your brain just, like, going 100 miles an hour. That's what I'm always seeking. That's why I do stuff like... Math. Like math. Math Or, you know, if I have... Five minutes of downtime, I do Sudoku because I like, you know, the challenge with numbers. Um, or that's normal, and that's a great way to. Or well, use I feel like I you have to have something every you single. Have to have an well, outlet. I have to have something every single day. Like, I think you know, that's why you chose the job. Like, that that's why. Well. But even that just turns into job, and then gets separated from keeping the brain you know going 100 miles yeah, I've an hour seen the way your brain turns off and goes into job mode which is being exactly in socializing mode with me which is why like i don't know like i get these weird hyper fixations to just keep things going like you know physics or astrophysics or sudoku or pokemon it's like i have to have something going like 
at a hectic rate just to like stay alive <laughs> almost okay. Okay. sounds extreme but no, I know you. if i come home and don't have any of those things like i will be pacing like you've oh, seen know. me yeah. i start pacing like i start just obsessively cleaning things mm -hmm. like it like is so so beyond uncomfortable to sit still for me yes not even sit still but to like think still like you know what i mean like just have a relaxing nothingness in your mind yeah like even when we're you know on vacation I'm, and we're I laying know. on the beach i literally brought the switch on the beach because i'm like well i can't just have something and be awake uh, i mean not can't have some i can't just be awake and, not and like be not be doing something yeah, not be doing something and it's like yeah everybody likes like laying laying down on the beach I or something it. i'm like no, I get that, but I'm going to have to bring a Sudoku book or a Pokemon book or I will. Or you're going to have to talk. And the times that. Because whenever you're not doing something, you're talking my ear off too. And well, in the times too. that I don't bring any of that stuff, I just end up like, you know, kind of looking around or pacing or yes, something. You probably have a generalized anxiety disorder as well. Like pace like yeah i gotta be like pacing or you know just walking back and you know, well, to and the water looking around you're always on high alert always i mean joey and, knows things that i don't even know when i walk into a store because he's already uh profiled like the six people that are in the store with us as well yes like, that's just what he does he's that focused he's that aware he's that observant so which and, yeah. that could be you know a fear of boredom or that could definitely align with something on the spectrum potentially add adhd something like that really yeah no but like it's hard for words to describe how uncomfortable it is to have literally nothing on my mind or nothing i'm doing physically mm. okay. like there is no such thing as me just going to the beach laying out and relaxing that's sad. If I'm if if I'm driving home, I'm looking at the numbers on license plates, and I'm like, all right, well, what is, you know, if your license plate is, you know, one YBT one three nine eight, I'm like, all right, well, what's one times three times nine times eight? You know, it's just how it goes. Yeah, it's just like I, your mind is a very busy place. Yes. Like, no, like, it is so uncomfortable for me to do nothing. So, like, yeah. She thinks, could that be hypervigilance? Maybe. Maybe. What is the, what is the definition of hypervigilance? Uh, I don't want to miss school. We're looking that up Let's just so see. that we can talk about that. Uh because i can i'm kind of curious now i like whenever joey comes on the podcast it's literally like let's diagnose joey it's like pin the tail on the donkey let's diagnose joey hypervigilant yes no 100 percent. no that's yeah that's yeah 100 percent. i have that is uh often result of trauma people who have been in combat have survived abuse have post-traumatic stress or ptsd so pretty much people who've been in combat have survived abuse or post-traumatic stress or PTSD. PTSD. Yes. Yeah. So you're hyper aware of things around you because side you effects, have to be feeling to trapped or claustrophobic. Uh huh. Yes. There you go. Like claustro, like 
I imagine when people are claustrophobic, that's how it feels like for me to have nothing on my I'm mind. And even even if I'm at home and like, you know, in a quote unquote safe place, I'm like, all right, let's do something. I can't oh, I like not just like, oh, I'm just bored of the house. Like, it's like, no, I consume. I can't. I can't not do something. Like, even if I'm watching TV, I have to watch TV while doing Sudoku or while like I have to be doing more than one. Like, I just it's got to be on, like hmm. you know. Well, yeah, it does make me wonder. I don't know if it was maybe just something that you have. Uh... Um, feeling judged, feeling physical pain. Feeling emotional distress, anticipating pain, hearing loud noises, which mm. include yelling the garden like or something, then abandon. Yeah, no, I Jay, no, I totally when you're get that. Reading, you need to read like someone's listening, not like you're reading to understand yourself. Anticipating pain, fear, or judgment, feeling judged or unwelcome, okay, feeling dumb. abandoned, like feeling trapped stupid. or claustrophobic. Same thing you explained to us. Mm-hmm. So that's probably that. Well, yeah, I mean, no, I no, I get that. Well, the problem, well, is completely sidebar. But the problem for me is I just can't find a therapist that works. So yeah, I know that's right. I know. Uh, I've oh, did you just rip apart my yes. pencil? I've been through a few therapists as well, and I finally got one that I really like. And you have not. You have you have been going through a cuff a tough couple of therapists. I went. Through two. One told me he refused to see me again. And the second one, on the second visit, we had a confrontation and I do not want to see them again. Well, because they made you read a book that you actually read twice trying to understand. Well, no, because they were like. And it was uh, generalized. Well, I feel like I was like trying to. Well, it felt very like the reason that one didn't work out, it just felt too vague. Like she's. Yeah. Clearly doesn't know me if she's like, all right, well, you know, the next appointment is in two weeks. Like, do you think you can read a book by then? It's like, if you have a recommendation, I'll read it minimum of two times before I next see you, probably three times. And she's like, well, no, I'm not asking you to reread it. I'm like, no, that's just what happens. She just like didn't. And she's like, that oh, that's just how you are. okay, well, I'll see you next appointment. Like it was like, like such a dis like yeah. clearly I was disconnect. Well, clearly I was just you know another name on the paper, mm-hmm. which is okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad at her. It's just one of those you know I can be not mad at you and just be like, all right, well you know, crap ain't happening. You're not my therapist. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Well, and I find it to be very and then to find someone well, and then also she with. took some pretty big <laughs> offense when I told her. I the book that she recommended thought that the book shit. she recommended was, it was, I mean, we read it to the friend group and we all agreed. That oh, I told shit. her that book was horrendous. I don't know why she would recommend it because, and not in a malicious way. It's just, just like, like if I'm thinking yeah. it's, I'm going to say it if I'm talking know, to you I know and she did not. That's the one thing I always got to tell people. Joey's not an asshole. He's just really fucking blunt. I tell him when he's being an asshole. Well, and people are like, I don't think Joey likes me. It's like, no, if I didn't like you, I would tell you. I know. And you're very, or, you have a hard time expressing your emotions. I know. It's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm Joey. I always tell people that I'm Joey's uh, little, I'm his little broom that comes after him. I'm like, he is the sweetest person you'll ever meet. He's just very blunt. I'm sorry. And I move on because I'm like, I'll, I'm always going to stick by Joey's side. I don't care what people think about Joey or if they think that you're mean. 
I'm mean too, apparently. So sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when <Certified> necessary. <laughs> like that. I changed my bio. Yeah, certified meaning. Certified meaning. That's me. But anyway, uh, do you want to keep going or do you want to? I have a question for Susan Jensen. What is your current occupation? Ooh, good question. Curious, Susan. Only if you're comfortable with answering that. Obviously, this is the internet. You don't have to share. But yeah, I mean, I don't know who she is. You seem like a smart cookie, Susan. I'm well, not that. Now. Not that, but it's specific. Or are you going to ask her like a medical question over a live no, stream? No, Maybe. I'm just curious. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. I'm reading the chat now. Oh, you guys are so sweet. I wish we were neighbors. Well, David trips. earlier said something about being on Aww, four months of leave Susan. and not one of his employees who he oversees, like just like texting them, calling them, whatever, something like that. And I get that because it's like, no, I get that. It was uh, right there. What understand that? what okay. you mean. I have close friends at close friends work and move on and rather they were still there, but I don't sit there and think about it. Exactly. Mm, that's good. David, you know, well, I'm really glad that's that he said that. That's not actually the one. Well, that's, I'm really glad that he said that because that makes me feel a lot more normal for you and me, you know, because it's like, I don't think that it is a bad thing to be emotionally removed. I find it to be a trauma response because you've been through so much shit that you have been emotionally scarred before that you literally no longer allow a part of yourself to let about. that wall down supervisor grew mostly younger folks for 10 years have been Read out of workers like comp for four months and i haven't heard one single word from any of them i'm just dot 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 go on yeah oh, exactly man. i mean that's how i feel too i and that's i tell katie that i'm like you don't understand like the people i talk to I talk to them because I text them first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were a retired music teacher. Interesting. Oh, wow. What did you, did you just teach general um, music? I did singing and did competitions. And I was and so good piano. to them, but out of sight, out of mind. I don't know what type of a uh, job background you have, David, but I can 100% relate. Um, yeah. Oh my God. I oh am in the, God. I'm in the, contractor slash construction construction world i before this was i have in restaurant so I, I experienced it there as well yeah. and i've done things like so helpful to people that don't even deserve it like hey let me drive 20 minutes out of my way to pick you up and give you a ride to work even though you don't deserve it and do that you know for months on end just trying to be nice or whatever and then it's like unless we're at work together it's like Oh yeah. So what? I don't know. You like, you know, it's just like you break your back for somebody and then it's just like, Whatever. okay. And like, it's just, yes. no, That's, I totally, yeah. totally get that. Dave. I can, it I is, always tell people that yeah. at this job, I was always in the deep freezer. It's like it's not frozen in my face. Oh yeah. The, because I was busting my ass for them for 11 fucking dollars an hour and was being shit talked by the bartender and was being essayed at work. I mean, bitch, I could go into it. And I was busting my ass for that fucking job. Nobody gives a shit. That job will nope. replace you in two seconds. They won't even they won't even sob or whatever that you're leaving. It's like, ah, that sucks because you literally were like the reason why we weren't falling apart for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Fuck the restaurant industry. That shit is uh, that, That's not that restaurant. That's just 
people. <laughs> the restaurant Pe industry. People. I suck. have never seen people so nasty in customer service. And I've worked many customer service jobs. And I've dealt See, with many, many things, but I've never had a finger in my face like someone that's trying to get a muffin from the bakery. It can't was relate because when I worked at you know a restaurant, it was awesome. See, I bet it was chill. I loved you were my in a job. Small town. I was friends. I went to I went to fucking Williamsburg. I was friends Virginia. with everybody, and it was just that. chill as could be. Williamsburg was a different fucking realm, bro. Not King, King William, not was King Willie, off. That's what I'm saying. That's the difference because everyone there knew each other. This place in Williamsburg, everyone was like, bitch, I don't know you and I don't give a fuck. Everyone was talking shit about each other in the back all the time. Oh, my God. It was unbelievable. Like, I'd go back there and I'd hear, like, three people name drop someone that I just walked past two seconds ago. It's unbelievable. Like, people at this restaurant that I was working at would throw you under the table like no other. So, definitely, the restaurant industry that I worked in in a very snootier town. Okay, I think that's fair to say. I live near there. I've been there. Yeah. I've gone there my whole life. It is a very uppity, uppity, uppity realm. Snobby, and I had a lot of yeah. old people, a lot of old ladies thinking they were entitled as fuck coming in. How did we get on this topic? I have so much restaurant trauma. <laughs> I was the hostess. I was talking. I was the I was... bakery person. So I made all the desserts, all the crepes, everything while I was working the hostess stand. And I was taking phone orders and... I was fucking stocking the freezer for the bakery. It started because I was acknowledging David's comment of feeling like he could, you know, put essentially put the team on his back mm. with his work with his coworkers. And, they don't give a shit. and once he's gone, they're like, uh, David, who? <laughs> no, I get that, which is why, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I just get that. Yeah. You really got to choose what you decide to spend the rest of your life doing. And you know what? I'm really glad that mine can be this. So thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting us, for, for being here and joining us on Wednesday nights. We love you guys so much. Sam was popping in and out. She wasn't feeling good tonight, so that's why she wasn't here tonight. But we will see you guys next week. Uh, we will be on Mondays now as well. Uh, we just had our debut episode come out about Ugg Milk Mondays. You can get killed with a bottle of Visine. Did you know that? Interesting. We get into it. You guys will have to check well, it out. You can get it's on killed our audio. With six bottles of Visine. Yeah. Okay. You get you get only on our audio only platforms though. It's on our Apple and it's on our Spotify for sure. The others I don't know about, but those two for sure I know are are streaming our Ugg Mug Monday uh, bonus episodes. So we love you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Susan, David, Melissa, Sam. Uh, who else was in the chat? Morg Ferry was here. Uh, oh, I love I love seeing you guys pop in. Susan, yes, thank you so much again. I'm going to go up to the top. Leanne was here. Melissa, odd and untold. Uh, Morg Ferry was here. Aunt Vicky was here. Athena Jewel. Thank you guys for joining. We love seeing you guys so much. You have no fucking idea. We love Wednesdays. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. That is all. I will see you next week.